This episode is brought to you by Aircraft Accessories of Oklahoma. When it's time for an aircraft component inspection, overhaul, repair, or replacement, you need experienced technicians you can trust and friendly service you can count on. Aircraft Accessories of Oklahoma, a family-owned business since 1959, delivers just that. Our techs have real-world experience and provide sales, service, and overhaul for piston engine aircraft accessories. We also have limited turbine capabilities such as fuel pumps, starter generators, and prop governors. And we can overhaul propellers ranging from fixed pitch to turbine. Propeller pickup and delivery service is available. And one more thing, mention this podcast to receive 5% off your next sale, service, or overhaul. Visit aircraftaccessoriesofok.com. This episode is brought to you by Genesis Aerosystems, a Moog company and leading provider of autopilots for rotor and fixed-wing aircraft. The Genesis STEC 3100 Digital Autopilot provides increased safety, decreased pilot workload, and is approved for over 200 makes and models. To learn more about the STEC 3100, visit genesis-aerosystems.com. That's genesis-aerosystems.com. AOPA presents Never Again, True Pilot Stories from the World of General Aviation. In this episode, there's dark, and then there's middle-of-nowhere dark. Add in an uncertain cloud base height, and you've got the recipe for a stressful flight. You won't need your sunglasses for Into the Darkness by Tom Hack. We were flying in our club Cessna 172 home from Atlanta to Miami when we had to interrupt our flight because of a line of severe thunderstorms across North Florida. Jacksonville Radio had advised us of the storms which were moving northeast across our flight path. So we landed at Waycross, Georgia to wait for the weather to pass. I was pilot in command, although my buddy Carly was also the holder of a private pilot certificate. We each had just over 100 hours total flying time. We had just finished refueling the airplane and tying it down when the storms hit, and they were severe. I called the flight service folks about every hour to check on the latest status. The answer was always, about another hour. We finally decided to rent a room and spend the night. We would get up early the next morning and hopefully complete our flight as we needed to be at work the next morning. The alarm woke Carly and me at 3. I rushed outside to look at the weather. The rain had stopped and it was totally calm. But man, was it ever dark. There were no stars to be seen and there was a solid overcast up there somewhere, but at what altitude? There were not enough lights on the ground to cause a reflection off the cloud bases, wherever they were. It was just dark. To save time, I asked Carly to get the weather briefing from flight service while I stowed our gear and pre-flighted the airplane. When Carly returned, he said everything looked good. There was a solid overcast at 8,000 feet. That's why we couldn't see the stars. But it should be clear flying all the way to Miami. We cranked up, taxied out, and did the run-up and final checks. Man, it was dark. The runway lights and a few other lights around the airport were all we could see. Takeoff was routine. Initial climb-out was okay until we hit scud at 350 feet. I instinctively leveled off. Great. Here we were in the pitch black at 350 feet, busting in and out of scud. Carly, who was looking at the sectional chart, said there were some tall towers to the south. My mind quickly weighed the alternatives, 
grope around at 350 feet in and out of scud to find the runway or climb out on instruments. Despite my relatively low instrument time, three hours and 45 minutes, I had felt comfortable during simulated instrument training, and I felt this was the better alternative. At this point, I was just interested in keeping us alive. I had read enough accident reports about controlled flight into the ground or things sticking up from it. I told Carly I was going on the gauges, asked him to keep watch out the windshield, and climbed. Thank God I really had been trained to trust what my instruments were telling me. Vertigo is not a myth. My body told me the airplane was turning, descending, doing all sorts of things. Only by really concentrating on a good instrument scan could my mind overrule those powerful sensations. We climbed and climbed and climbed. I had hoped the clouds were just a layer and we would break out on top quickly. No such luck. 3,000 feet, 4,000 feet, 5,000 feet, on and on we climbed. At 6,000 feet it got worse because we started to bust out of one towering cloud and then plunged right into another. The intermittent brief flashes of bright light and billowing cloud edges were extremely distracting and disorienting. It took all my concentration and willpower to ignore this and stay focused on the instruments. After what seemed like an eternity, we broke out of the upper southeast corner of the cloud mass at 8,500 feet. Ahead of us was all brilliant clear sky with Jacksonville and the coast in plain sight. We leveled off at 9,500 feet. I called Jacksonville Radio to report that we were with them VFR level at 9,500. They cheerfully said good morning and gave us the latest Jack's info and the forecast to Miami, which was clear skies. The rest of the flight was smooth, pleasant, and uneventful. So what had happened? Had someone confused cloud bases with cloud tops? I will never know. Carly swore the briefer had set the ceiling, cloud bases, at 8,000 feet. That turned out to be close to where the tops were. I've gone over this scenario many times during my subsequent years of flying, concluded that I had made the right choice. The I had was that we did not call Jack's radio and tell them what we were doing. In essence, we conducted 45 minutes of illegal flight. But I had had my hands full and did not need the further distraction of radio communication. I remain ever so grateful to my instructors who were wise enough and caring enough to expose me to that concentrated three hours and 45 minutes under the hood. This experience reinforced my faith in my ability to control an airplane using instruments, although I redoubled my efforts to never incur a repeat until I got my instrument rating. The Never Again Podcast is brought to you monthly by AOPA, the Aircraft Owners and Pilots Association. You can find more Never Again stories online at aopa.org by typing Never Again into the search box. While you're there, check out AOPA's mobile flight planning app, AOPA Go, as well as the many free training and safety courses from the Air Safety Institute. Find all of this and more at aopa.org. The Never Again podcast is produced by Royce Earl. Thanks for listening. Fly safely. Fly safely.